This is Killstreak. It's Killstreak, episode 198. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here, as always, Mr. Mike Price. Mike, my question is to you. It's sort of a one-to-one, pretty easy to guess. Have you mm-hmm. ever interacted with, called or or otherwise, uh, a hotline of, of any sort? I'm not talking about mm. like purely sex stuff. I mean, sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask if I've ever gotten jumped in a bathroom. Did you ever get jumped uh, in a bathroom? No. Either. Uh, I think I did. I was party to a hotline calling, mm. but, and I think I maybe like was handed the phone and listened for like 30 seconds and then gave it back to the real perpetrator. Mm-hmm. You know who the perpetrator was actually? Who? It's the actor whose name I won't say. <laughs> oh, who, who I was talking about. Oh yeah. That uh, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the a one, couple of weeks ago. The one who big timed you. Yeah. Twice. Um, yeah, no, we were hanging out at my grandparents' cottage, and he was like, let's call a 1-900 number, like a porn one, right? Or yeah. Sex line, I guess. And then, yeah, he was, like, on the phone, talking, doing stuff. He wasn't, like, you know, doing like Jack do, doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not comfortable saying those things, but, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then I got shoot out, like, a month later when the bill came. Of course. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I thought nobody would ask any questions. Bad idea. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, that's that I, I think that's the only time I ever called a, a 900 number. We would call um just to hear the opening like recording 1800 1800 <laughs> wet tits. <laughs> it's like, "Hi. Welcome to 1800 wet tits." Um, we have a plumbing issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we would also call, for some reason, I don't know who discovered this, but there, <laughs> there was a, spe- <laughs> a Speed Racer fan hotline what? where you could leave a message. Oh, man. And we this, were just... This is like back in the 90s for the original TV show? Yeah, back in the okay. 90s, yeah. Okay. And so we would call the Speed Racer fan hotline and just like leave crazy voicemails. Like, you know, pranking them. Nobody was there. I don't yeah. Know. So it's just, you know, a bunch of 12-year-olds screaming and cr- laughing. <laughs> Are you at all familiar? There was, I remember my Uncle John had this. Uh, there was a Speed Racer, like, EP from, I'm going to say, the late 90s. Um, and it was, like, the Speed Racer song. And then there was a, it was a DJ. So there was like a remix of the song mm. that had like fucking sex sounds and shit in it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't remember that. All right, I'll track it down and send it to you. <laughs> but uh, I remember listening to it a lot and being like, this is so scandalous. <laughs> and then the other thing we I'd called once was a LucasArts hotline to like get a hint on a game. Like you would call, mm, yeah, the actually, hotline, yeah, the the tip lines. It wasn't even. I think it was a person I spoke with. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, Nintendo used to do that for free. Mm. That was like, oh, well, uh, yeah. or I th- maybe you had to pay with a credit card. I think it was a one eight hundred, and you paid with a credit card. But, but yeah, that was a big thing. That was like part of Nintendo's whole like launch yeah. scheme, right? Yeah. It was like Nintendo Power and getting people to call in for for tips. Yeah. Yeah, this one was a Lucas one, Lucas Arts one, and I think it was for the game The Dig. I think. Okay. But hard to tell. I played a lot of those games. So all right. Well, I bring it up because we're talking about the movie 976 Evil today. Mm-hmm. Uh but first before we get into that, Mike, did you watch anything this week? Anything horror related or otherwise? I- did eric um but i'm gonna need help remembering what the fuck it was all right well well you figure it out i can i have a couple that i watched i never i have never prepared for this segment in my life or <laughs> happens that, every it's not week a whole segment i know i know it does i'm gonna um, check out my letterbox while you tell everybody at home i watched a couple of like not really horror movies but like uh 90s exploitation movies i watched freeway oh, yeah. which is mm-hmm. streaming on shutter and i started it with it was the joe bob valentine's day episode <clears throat> but then i just like part of the way through i'm like i kind of just want to watch the movie and i don't want to watch yeah. interruptions yeah. sure uh, um it is interesting movie very heightened in a way like i saw it when i was in high school Same. and i don't think i don't think i appreciated how like heightened reality it is like it's not a, a fairy tale right yeah it's like a fairy tale mod like it's a modern gritty mm-hmm. but it's it's not realistic really right uh and it's you know has like some john waters vibes like a serial mom kind of vibes but not oh, not quite as cartoonish okay um and it's really interesting to see reese witherspoon with a real filthy mouth in that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> she does have quite uh, a prim and proper image. Yes. Uh, yeah, especially now that she's like baby Oprah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked it. It was fun to revisit mm-hmm. that. And then I also revisited something that I had seen originally in the 90s and I did not like, but I really enjoyed was The Doom Generation, the Greg Araki movie. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. I think I've only seen Nightmare. Is that him? Nowhere. Nowhere. Thank you. Yeah. I knew it. I knew some parts of the word. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> sort it. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Started. Listen. I can see listen, how you get there. You get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was. So you liked the Doom Generation. I liked Doom Generation. It's way funnier than. I just don't think I was prepared for the level of camp in it. Mm, and okay. It like, kind of goes with Freeway. Sure. Um, I liked stuff that was bad but I enjoyed, but camp is like a really mm-hmm. delicate thing. Did you like, did like, did you like John Waters when you were young? I liked John Waters more in high, in college. That's okay. when, I, that's when I started to appreciate him. I got into John Waters in high school, early yeah. high school. Like I really loved serial mom. Yeah. I liked serial mom too. Cause um, that was the one that, I, that was the current one, you know, um, in Peckers. Too, I, think I, liked, I liked Pecker. I remember I liked Selma Blair in that. Yeah. Um, what is that the next movie or is that Pecker? Uh, I think Where Christina Ricci's a, in Pecker. Yeah, Selma Blair has enormous fake boobs in. Oh, is that? It's like the next one. It's got some sort of crazy name. The one with Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I want to say Low Down Dirty Shame, but it's not. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. But no, it's a Keenan Ivory Wayans movie. Um, um I. I uh, did you watch anything else? No, 
Okay. I figured it out. We talked about this um, when I saw you on Thursday. I watched Night of the Comet. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is on Criterion right now as part of their post-apocalyptic collection. Criterion is going off at the moment. There is, yeah. There are like three different collections that I would be like, it would be fine if this was the one that you have right now and I would be making my way through it. And now there's this like, you know, uh, what's the word? It's like too much. It's something it's of a, riches. Yeah, an embarrassment of riches. An embarrassment of riches. Thank you, Eric, again for bailing me out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Um, I do want to also give a shout out to. Mm. I know she's like somewhat prob- problematic. I think mm. uh, Rose McGowan, stunningly okay. beautiful <laughs> in Doom Generation. <laughs> topless too. Topless. Oh, okay, great. Um, well. Not topless in Night of the Comet, <laughs> but definitely topless in Chopping Mall is Kelly Maroney. In, oh, yeah. Uh, she's great. Catherine Mary Stewart, though, uh, the lead, what a babe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all babes. They're both babes. All those two women they're are two. babes. Yeah. But uh, I didn't really remember her from much stuff. And I guess, you know, she was she was a soap actress, but she did like Weekend yeah. at Bernie's, I guess. <laughs> But I, this was like one of her bigger things. Anyways, Night of the Comet was one that I saw. This was like I caught it on TV when I was probably in. You know what? It was probably a Monster Vision movie, if I had to guess. Mm. Like Joe Bob on TNT. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked this when I saw it then, and I still really like it now. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, and it's really, um, it's very tidy. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't sort of over. God damn it, man! I'm gonna be useless today. My brain's okay. like sixty percent. Um, doesn't overexplain. Doesn't over. Doesn't overextend with... itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of fun. And Mary Warnow shows up. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that pretty recently. Um, at least over pandemic, like when we were all like, mm-hmm. you know, sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. Um. But you said Chopping Mall. Depending on what time we wrap up here, I might have to watch Chopping Mall again. I've been Ooh. meaning to rewatch. When's the last time you watched it? Mm, a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. It's so fun. It's really fun. Yeah. That was another one that I caught probably on Monster Vision. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there anywhere else that I watched these late night horror movies? No, not really. I think that was pretty much it for Unless me. you're like on Cinemax or something. Yeah. You know, like deep cable. Like a Sometimes we had... Cable. We were a family where we like cycled through. My mom would like yeah. sign up when there was a deal and then not renew it when the deal ended. Same. We had HBO yeah. pretty consistently, mm-hmm. but um, there were periods when we didn't, and we would get like free weekends yeah. of like Showtime and stuff. That we yeah, had, so it was fun. We got HBO towards the end of high school and when I was in college, which was huge because that was I don't know if you remember, but I want to say it was like right around you would have been starting college mm-hmm. when on demand finally became a viable thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like this was before streaming for younger listeners. It was, you could only really do it through like a cable package. Um, but it's like HBO. I remember was one of the first things where it was like, Oh, if you have HBO, you can watch HBO shows when they're not mm-hmm. on. And that was fucking mind blowing. It was really cool. I would yeah. like to know who is our youngest listener. Mm. If you Great think question. you might be them, 
just write in. Let us know. Killstreak at gmail.com. Yeah. But you don't even have to say too much. Just say your age. <laughs> I would like to know. Uh, your gender, your location. Age, sex, location. Yeah. Yeah. Eric needs to know. I need to know. Uh, Speaking of uh, uh-huh. pervy hotlines, but not really. Want to talk 976 evil? Why not? Let's do it. It was a mainstay in the uh, video rental place, but I never yeah. saw it. No, me neither. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, the Not the theatrical poster, but the VHS box cover is an indelible image. Uh, if you have ever hung out at a video store in the horror section, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, the, the star of the film, Stephen Jeffries, with... With his with his demon makeup, claw fingers, sharp teeth, scaly face, and he's sort of like like almost like a warlock or a witch, kind of summoning beams of light out of mm-hmm. a telephone handset, and there's red clouds everywhere, um, and unfortunately, and this I'm this, I'm this isn't like indicative of how I feel about the whole movie necessarily, but there's nothing like this in the movie. Not really, a, no. A, grand tradition of vhs box covers uh but it does sort of make you go it's like that's cool why didn't they do that yeah he does have that makeup at some point but there's never anything like this yeah Mm -hmm. but anyways yes so i i mean hundreds of times i've looked at this one same never pulled the trigger though i don't know why why do you think there's a reason why no i was thinking about it I was also I was thinking about it as mm-hmm. uh, we were getting ready for the show. I have no idea why I never rented it. Yeah, there was like as I'm thinking about box covers and like the ones that I would see and would really stick with me, but I never saw. This was one, mm-hmm. Monkey Shines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the little clapping monkey symbol thing. Yep. And Demon Wind, which I yeah. did watch as part of the Last Drive-In. Um, it's fun. It's yeah. It's got great, um, like uh, makeup. Great, yes, great makeup effects, but not a very good movie. No, the story is terrible. Yeah. Um, the acting is quite bad, but it's pretty entertaining. Um, this movie, uh, aside from its you know VHS notoriety with Eric and I, is almost certainly most notable for being the directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Of Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. Yeah. Um, he did not have an extensive directing career, although this he wasn't a one and done. This wasn't the only time he ever directed anything, but it was the first time. Um, he also... Blah, 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 let me pull up my notes here. He directed uh, two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares oh, the TV yeah. series, which I thought I watched and then I remembered that, no, I watched Friday the 13th, the series, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've actually ever seen Freddy's Nightmares. Um, but it's sort of a natural transition star of the you know series gets to direct some episodes. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he did one more movie. 20 years later in 2008 called killer pad um i don't know anything about it other than it looks like absolute shit Um, (laughs) (laughs) if you look at the thumbnails on imdb um 
Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It looks like a, you know, like a Skinamax movie, kind of. Um, three pals move into a haunted house in the Hollywood Hills. Um, uh, 2008. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're, it'll be our third segment. Andy Milanakis I about plays to say that. <laughs> Dinko's Geek. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> wow. I'm like looking. Who's and there's there's no one credited as Dinko, Dinko in here. Geek. So he's just Dinko's geek. Um, did did I? I've told you. Like I was. Did I ever tell you about? I went to a Fourth of July barbecue party, uh, at Harris's house once. Um, in the handful of years that he lived in a very nice house, he had finally spent a big chunk of his TV money mm-hmm. and got like. What to us felt like a mansion, although it's probably just like it was like twenty five hundred or three thousand square feet. But it in, was in Los Feliz. In Los Feliz, and yeah. above, um, above Franklin, or not just Franklin. What is that, Glendale? Yeah, above Glendale Boulevard. Yeah, I went there once. That probably that same party. Yeah. Did you see Andy Milanakis? No, I didn't. I was super high. <laughs> okay. And I was a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. So I walked in. And I was like looking for Harris and one of our friends told me he was like in some room. So I traveled to the other end of the house and I, w- and, and there's clearly like music happening. I go in and it's like a jam session and Harris is playing drums and also Mike Cassidy and Paul Russ from don't stop or we'll die. Yes, I, playing, I saw them playing. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing their instruments and Andy Milanakis was freestyling while they were playing dude this actually does sound familiar it's bringing back some (laughs) memories very it was very weird and then i guess he also then later after i left the party lit off a ton of fireworks in front of the house in this like very nice neighborhood yes and got harris in like huge trouble with the homeowners association um yeah who else i I remember seeing sarah silverman there but yeah remember paul rust i saw I, there were Bob Odenkirk was there. I don't remember him. And he was like clearly so uncomfortable. <laughs> he was like standing in a corner by himself looking at his phone Ugh. every time I saw him. And I was just I kept asking myself is like why why are you subjecting yourself to Yeah, this? why are you here? You clearly don't want to be here. You I, don't have to impress anyone. I did uh oh where was it? Oh, I went to a show at the UCB, I guess it was. And it was a Tim and Eric show, uh-huh. and Bob Odenkirk was supposed to be there, and uh, this is the second time he's done this. Okay, because I also went to a Jeff Garland show where um, he just didn't come in. He like <laughs> dropped Jeff Garland off. He was there, he, but he wouldn't come. And in. then he didn't, and he just like, nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he did that for the Tim and Eric one too. He just was like, yeah, Bob was supposed to be here, but he just didn't want to. <laughs> Wait, did I go to that Jeff Garland show? It was in Echo Park. No, I didn't. No. But I saw Jeff Garland at the UCB once. Anyways, this is this is is this what people come to hear? I no, don't know. no, not really. This is how we're like tangentially have seen people. Yeah. Anyway, think this is pretty cool, right? <laughs> um. So yeah. So anyways, this is Robert England's first directing gig. He met his wife on the set of this film. The mm. set decorator is a oh. woman named Nancy Booth. Um, and I. Think. Any relation to John Wilkes? Uh, yes. Oh, good. It's, it's his mom. <laughs> oh, um, 
Yeah. It's his mom. <laughs> She's a time traveler. Uh, oh, wow. They're still married, uh, as far as I know. No divorce listed on Wikipedia. Wow. And Wikipedia has never been wrong. Never been wrong. Do you know where Robert England was born? England. Glendale? Oh, look at that. Yeah. If you go hover over, the thumbnail for Glendale is, in fact, the fountain at the Americana at Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> With the Pacific theaters in the background. Nice. So so it's, uh, yeah. Uh, that is that is Glendale. Um, anyways. <laughs> that is Glendale, my friend. Yeah. Uh, this movie uh, was... Produced by Cinetel Films and Horoscope Productions, uh, which I don't know anything about. Horoscope sounds like it must have been created for the movie. Movie, possibly. But I mean, also maybe it was created for some other horror movie, and this was not the first horror movie that was produced by Horoscope. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to make too many assumptions. But they do say horoscope, like not horoscope, horoscope. Oh, okay. That's actually... In the movie. That's actually a pretty smart thought, yeah. Like I said, my brain's at max 60% today. It's okay. So, so ask me stupid questions. Okay, sure. And I'll give you stupid answers. I could not find a whole ton of behind-the-scenes information. That's shocking. This is, it is, this is before the era of uh well cataloged behind the scenes stuff unless your movie's a big hit in which case then people like to tell stories about it but um no this is this is not that uh it grossed three million dollars at the box office my money says it probably cost a little bit more than that um so i'm gonna it was not but you know i'm guessing based on how often i saw the box cover that it had a pretty healthy uh, Afterlife on VHS. Yeah, it has a sequel. We're it has a sequel next week. we're going to watch next week. Exactly. Yeah. Um, other notable names attached to this. One of the co-writers of the film is a guy named Brian Helgeland, mm-hmm. who is, uh, he's a Providence guy. He's from Rhode Island. Uh, but he's best known for writing L.A. Confidential mm-hmm. and Mystic River. Um, he has an Oscar. L.A. Confidential got him best adapted screenplay. It's a great screenplay. It's a great I think movie. I know. Yeah, I think I know which half of the movie Brian Helgeland wrote. Um, on this it. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not that. That that's that's a little. That's a little. Uh, little, little spoiler. Little hint. Not a spoiler. A little hint of what's to come. Some foreshadowing, perhaps. Um. Uh. You got a cinematographer. You do. Who who uh, was a, was a, just coming off of Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Uh, his name's Paul Elliott. Um, he shot And the Band Played On, mm. uh, My Girl 2, um, the Fat Albert movie with, uh, with Kenan Thompson. The live action one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, this is a Hollywood picture. This is not... Uh, it's a little bit of a B movie, but uh, to be clear, this is you know even though Cinetel's not a big name, it's distributed by New Line. It's a this yeah. is a, this is a low budget studio film. Yeah. Um, your cast 
kind of starting from not the bottom, but we'll lead up to our, our leading man. Um, so we got uh, kind of our main characters, Hoax and Leonard are cousins. Uh, Hoax's mother and Leonard's aunt, Lucy. Wow, is calling him by his proper name. Yeah. Spike. Spike, sorry. That's what he's known as. <laughs> no, he's Leonard. <laughs> to me, to me, that's what it says on Leonard. his birth certificate, and that's what I'm going to call him. Uh, Sandy Dennis, uh, who, speaking of Oscar winners, best supporting actress in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, mm. she was huge uh, in the late 60s and early 70s. And then um, she kind of had a decline in her career due to health problems. And then eventually died very young at 54. Oh, yeah, 54. Um, Only a couple years after this. Yeah, this was her third to last movie. Um, But she was a pretty big deal. Uh, She was huge. She was a Broadway star. Um, And then she transitioned to films, you know, doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Obviously a pretty famous adaptation of a play. Uh, Mike Nichols. I've never seen that one. I think I might like it. Yeah, I I never um, have seen it either, but... Reading um, or listening to that book about 1967 mm-hmm. with the the in the heat of the night and Bonnie and Clyde and stuff. Right, that, right. That made me want to watch it. Yeah, I've read the play, but I've never seen it performed, and I haven't seen the movie. It's um, 1967. I may have gotten the year wrong. Doesn't matter. Virginia Woolf. No, I I meant because uh, he directed the Graduate. Oh, the grad. Yeah, yeah. He was 69. 68. Yes, a 68 maybe. Yeah, uh, 67. That was right. Okay. 67 uh, and two for you. Um, I don't even know what that means, honestly, but I do it. <laughs> do it anytime anyone says a number in the 60s. Um, you know, I just add. I add what's missing to get to 69. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's from something. I can't remember what. <laughs> um. Another member of the cast that I had a really fun roller coaster with doing my I know that fucking guy thing. So one of the bathroom punks uh, slash theater punks, mm-hmm. um, his name is Jeff. He's the one who gets his face sliced. Yeah. Um, tall, very distinctive looking guy. And I looked at him. And I said, that's Billy Drago. Um, but then I was like, no, Billy Drago was in. Uh, the Untouchables, like this same year, and he's like in his early fifties, mm-hmm. so it can't be Billy Drago. And then I looked him up, and the guy was on Northern Exposure, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's where I know him from." Uh, his name is Darren Burrows. He plays Ed on Northern Exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the younger guy. Um, from the oh town. yes, yeah, yeah, you know. Think he similar to this film i think he often wears a leather jacket um but despite his name turns out he's billy drago's son wow you yeah. just you know a drago when you see one yeah i mean the thing is like i'd like to take credit but billy drago is one of the most distinct looking character actors ever yeah um so to look at this guy and be like wow that really looks like him is not so much of a stretch I don't want to pat myself on the back too much. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I thought that was uh, an interesting bit of trivia. And then going up the cast list, um, we got this reporter guy, 
uh, Marty is played by a dude named Jim Metzler who did a uh, a ton of small things. He was in All Waxwork. The small things. <laughs> he was in a bunch of movies like this, though, like kind of, uh, eh, I don't want to say, you know, edge of uh, re- memorable horror and genre stuff. Um, circuitry Man. I was going to say Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. Look behind the curtain, folks. Waxwork was uh, on the short list of series we were going to yes, do. Yes, it was, yeah. When mm-hmm. we opted for 976 Evil. So. Don't be sad if you're a big waxwork head. Um, if anything, that tells you that we'll probably do it at some point if it yeah. made it, if it made it to our short list. Um, he also shows up in L.A. Confidential. Maybe he's a, a good buddy of Brian Helgeland's. Who can wow. say? Yeah. Um, then who do we got next? Uh, Leslie Dean plays Susie. She. Uh, went on to have a sizable role in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare mm-hmm. in 1991. I know I've seen it, but that's one of the 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 Freddy movies that I have so little memory of. That's the only one I've never seen. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I've just never watched it. Um, Eric, you were actually telling me before yeah. we started. Uh, do you want to give a little background on her other pursuits? I looked her up because I thought she was intriguing uh she has a cool <laughs> voice and uh yeah so i looked her up and she w- had a um a dance pop group called femme to femme which i'll play in, in between the second and third segments and then also she uh she does some like roller derby stuff in dallas which is fun because my wife does roller derby stuff yeah <clears throat> and then she also had like a, a glam rock punk band called scary cherry in the bang bangs mm-hmm. so i i uh I did a little bit of a deep dive on Leslie Dean. <laughs> and she's from Corsicana, Texas, which oh. is uh, where cheer is takes place. Speaking um, of cheering, mm-hmm. she was also a member of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders for six weeks before she punched wow. a choreographer. Wow. That, <laughs> she wow. seems pretty cool. Yeah, she's that's some yeah. cool. So I looked Femme her up. Femme to Femme opened for Nine Inch Nails. I saw that. And then you hear Femme to Femme. And it's like not gr- not a great fit, but no, you know. <laughs> then again, I don't know. Maybe it's not. You shouldn't always have like the yeah. same kinds of bands playing together. No, very true. You want to introduce people to bands that you like, but uh, maybe could use a bigger platform. Yeah, right? she says in her wiki. Sorry, we're going really deep on this yeah. one person. <laughs> no, that's cool. But she recorded with Josh Freeze, who's like from the uh, the um. He's from Devo and like uh, Vandals is his biggest band. Not his biggest band, okay. his first band. But he's like kind of renowned as like the best drummer in the world. He's like one of the best drummers in the world. Okay. That's um, so cool. yeah, she, uh, she pulled the freeze. Nice. I almost forgot um, another one of the bathroom punks, a guy named Marcus, uh, was also a punk in the Back to the Future movies. He's the one with uh, like a shaved head. Yeah, yeah. His nickname is Skinhead. Uh, I feel like you're really teasing me with this last cast member. <laughs> you know, oh, wait, you, you know I'm a fan. Are you talking about Patrick O'Brien, who plays Spike? No. No? Okay. Oh. Uh, well, that's one of our leads. What a Spike um, tease. Patrick O'Brien, who had a pretty short film career. 
1988 to 1991, but he was in the Hulk Hogan movie No Holds Barred. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And uh, a little spoiler, he's coming back next week. He is. He's in 976 Evil 2. Um, okay, but obviously, burying the lead here, uh, the star of this film, Hoax. Uh, Wait, what? Is, no, I'm talking about what? Robert Picardo. Oh, you are? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I do see where you think. Okay, okay. I get okay. you. I get you, I get you. Uh, no, Robert Picardo, the great Robert Picardo. I love who I think appears in, did we determine almost every Joe Dante movie? Yeah, it seems like it. Um, He plays one of the greatest character names ever, frankly. And certainly <laughs> my favorite, like, devil pseudonym yes. I've ever heard. <laughs> He plays in this film Mark Dark. That's <laughs> really good. It's it's stupid and perfect. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh I don't know. You guys know Robert Picardo even if you don't know his name. He's the doctor. He's like the the uh, virtual doctor on Star Trek like Voyager, but he shows up in one of the Next Generation movies. Yeah, he's um, um I knew him growing up. I mean from Gremlins, but also um Gremlins 2. Also, um, uh, he's the coach in the Wonder Years, which was oh, we've established sure. as a huge show for me. <laughs> I loved it, and I rewatched yeah. it all recently. Well, you know, within the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gremlins too. He's um, he's he works high up, right, at the company or something. He might be in the lab. I don't remember. I just watched Gremlins too. But... He's the one. Well, because he ends up with the sexy gremlin. At yes, the... you're right. Yeah, he's the one who who. who uh, I assume gets blown by the sexy girl. <laughs> I mean, it is heavily implied. Um, yeah. So yes, a sorry to have forgotten Robert Picardo, but yes, I was rounding up out into uh, our star Stephen Jeffries, who we have seen before. Yeah, we've Evil covered Ed before mm-hmm. in Fright Night. Great in um, Fright Night. He is excellent. Um, he also. Uh, a Broadway guy, Tony nominated, um, and uh, and then, and then Boney nominated. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Let's just say I forgot who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking him up, and then hold on, I'm just gonna do a quick exper- like a quick uh, okay, I'll go to his IMDb page. <clears throat> Steve Stephen Stephen P H yeah Jeffries. Joffrey's but look oh, he may you may need to look under his alias Sam Ritter I, I don't oh, okay because uh, I was looking at his IMDB page as uh, as I was watching as I, I will do and uh, loading slow <laughs> <laughs> story of your life right? loading slow buddy <laughs> come on well now. I'm, I'm trying the audience is dying of suspense I know well, I know we're really on top of it okay so he goes from nine seven six evil to mm-hmm. the Road Raiders, which is a TV movie, mm-hmm. to tell me something dirty as Larry Burt. Hmm, okay, I don't know. Moon forty four, Wild Blade, mm-hmm. Hole in the Wall, Sex on the Beach, Mechanics by Bi Day, Lube Job by Bi Night, mm-hmm. Quick Study, Sex Ed One, The Cockpit, Virtual Stud, Hell's Paradox, Just Eighteen, Gay. Latin crotch rockets, 
just it's, 18 gay is a little on the nose it I think. is yeah. um yeah. so so anyway yes then i remember like oh he He's from Fright Night. I forgot. We've covered yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So pretty famously, Stephen Jeffries transitioned to gay porn for a while. Um, want to say most of the 90s? Is that, yeah, does that seem like right it. based on what you're seeing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he he eventually made his way back to mainstream stuff. <laughs> what? His, his last... Uh, movie before going back uh mainstream according to imdb i'm sure there's more but he's as stefan bordeaux semen training day and semen spelled oh actually you know it's all right before that is funny (laughs) semen training day but before that is butt machine boys (laughs) it's a tv series it says oh wow Uh, um i you know i gotta be honest all of these titles significantly less cringy than most straight porn titles oh sure yeah um yeah so anyways that was uh something that he uh had a lot of success in and uh had no real qualms about um he described it as uh uh, that period of his life i was just collecting myself i did gay adult movies and tv and a lot of plays yeah um why are you showing me that sexy picture of rebecca ferguson yeah it just it just popped up in my timeline and yeah. I, I had this chair because i know you're a fan well i sent that to you earlier no you sent me a different one you clearly didn't go through that whole twitter thread oh i guess I um didn't. I apologize didn't scroll all the way up but yeah she wore a fun outfit to the dune 2 premiere yeah um not not as fun as oh Zendaya's. i see okay yeah. yeah yeah but uh but definitely fun so yeah um he actually turned down uh returning in fright night 2 to do this movie um you know upgrade to a lead yeah yeah so um that's most of uh, the stuff that anybody would care to know uh i mean i would oh the one thing i'll say so i was reading an interview um with robert england and he doesn't talk really extensively about the movie he does sort of say he determined very quickly that directing is not really for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't feel like uh, he was very good at it. <laughs> um, and he didn't enjoy it, which I think was the bigger issue. Um, he did mention that this film was very much taken out of his hands in post-production. Um, and that the editor that they used was someone who did not... Uh, in, in, according to Robert England, did not really understand uh, what he was going for and was not interested in executing that. He actually mm. had some pretty grand ideas. Um, I'm trying to think. I wrote some stuff down here. Um, yeah, he says about the movie, uh, I remember distinctly trying to infuse the film with a precise kind of symmetry and I was inspired by a small horror film, possibly European, from the 70s. I tried to give my master shots a symmetry to them, a certain eerie geometry. Eerie, but also cluttered. I wanted to romanticize this Americana-like proletariat. The Sandy Dennis character is pure Southern Gothic, but I mean also in the set design. I was also interested in capturing this fragmented, damaged American home like something out of Tennessee Williams or Elia Kazan. Um, so yeah, he had... Lofty ideas. Lofty ideas and certainly thought 
pretty deeply about what he wanted to do. Um, but I think, um, you know, the way he described it, I think it was just like the whole thing, uh, got away from him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe how he would say that. Uh, he said, I had a lot of fun doing that, but directing is not my forte. I'd be the first to admit I'm good at casting and art direction and script and camera stuff, but special effects building suspense less. So, which Hmm. I found to be an interesting comment that we can revisit. Yeah. Care to. Uh, I found that out on the first film I directed, which was 976 Evil. I had a really bad experience. It was taken away in post-production and edited by this guy who came from, like, commercials and music videos. They cut out a lot of the exposition that I thought was really necessary. Hmm. Yeah. Already. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about our thoughts on the movie. And Hey, it's an old-style recap because the uh, Wikipedia entry sucks. So I, Mm -hmm. I went off, and I went scene by scene. We don't have to go through everything, but it's pretty thorough. All right. I can't wait. Okay. One hour segment coming up. Yeah. From the mind of Robert England, alias Freddy Krueger, comes his first directorial movie. What's up, Chuck? A movie reliving a nightmare. Let him go! The powers of darkness have returned. Returned to capture their souls. Don't worry about others who damage your pride. souls of the innocent someday soon you're gonna be down here and i'm gonna spit on you a real man has the nerves to take what he deserves some say it's a warning from god a warning about what are you ready i'm ready take it England's 976 Evil. Okay, we're back. First time watch for both of us. Blood and guts check. Mike, um, you wanna just you wanna go first? You want me to go first? Oh uh, fine, I'll go first. Um what Okay. What well, I'm not doing anything. I'm just okay. I'm doing research for the podcast. Okay, uh, okay, sure. I'm, sure. I'm multitasking. Um okay. My first time watching 976 Evil. I'll just give my very quick assessment and then I'll throw it back to you and we can dive deeper. But um, I think that like mm, certainly the whole first half of this movie like really feels um, just kind of messy. Um, I feel like there are so many script choices that make no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and and things where it seems like there's like a much easier route that could have been taken that would have made it work much better and be more satisfying. Um, like uh, just an easy example is like I was shocked, truly shocked by how little the nine seven six evil hotline factors into anything in anything, this movie. Yeah. Um, like how little screen time there is. Like I just assumed. I was like, oh, yeah, in my head, I'm sure, like, there are just multiple scenes of this kid, like, up in his room calling this hotline. 
slowly getting closer to turning evil. And it's like, really? No, the movie spends almost no time on that. Yeah. Um, I I was also surprised by that too. And while I was watching it, like a much better formula for this would have been like Christine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, he keeps coming back to the car. Yeah. The car, the car is changing him. Absolutely. It would, that's, that would have made perfect sense. Um, Yeah. This his care his cousin, uh, Spike, who is sort of the co lead of the movie. Yeah, I don't understand why he's here. Um, so, to to shock us with his ponytail yes, that I didn't know he had for like the first fifteen <laughs> minutes. Right, he doesn't turn into a profile. Yeah. Um. So so I would say that you know at least up through pretty much through to the end of the second act this it's really was not working for me i I found it kind of uh meandering and and uh, unfortunately a little boring and also just confusing uh however when hoax finally starts to turn evil when like the things that are supposed to happen in this kind of movie happen actually really enjoyed the last act of the Mm. movie it was much more exciting uh sort of creative interesting set pieces and and it gets very weird and there's some good effects and and just in general like there's a lot of there's a lot of like the action and sort of moving things forward that was lacking so much from the rest of the movie Um, yeah and then lastly i'll just say that there's like a handful of things in this performances and and bits and pieces of the script where i'm like there's definitely someone is trying to make this into something better but usually failing it felt like yeah i think i was a little more forgiving of it at the beginning Mm -hmm. than you were um because i i I just i realized that i was hoping for this like hidden gem you know Mm -hmm. yeah a movie i'd never seen before that's like right in the pocket in terms of like what year it was made mm-hmm. and like i was like oh maybe this will be like a fright night or mm-hmm. or like a yeah. vamp which is something i, I saw right. recently um but yeah no it's it's pretty meandering and the tone is strange i feel like i say that a lot with a lot of movies mm-hmm. but this one is it's like it kind of you know to go back to like the doom generation or um uh freeway it is like it, there is a, a, a element of camp, especially with um, the the aunt, yeah, or the mother who is playing to the rafters like this sort of southern gothic thing. And yeah. frankly, I found it sometimes pretty captivating. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. she was interesting because she clearly flubs lines. Yeah, like she forgets lines. She like stop, but it's like always kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, so yeah, ultimately, I feel that I, I think we arrive at the same point. Um, where it's uh, there's a, it's pretty messy, mm-hmm. not great, and the ending is pretty fun when he when he turns. Um, but at that point, it already kind of lost me. Yeah, I mean, I it did lose me, and I was like, I think I was just, I didn't get so distracted that I completely checked out, and so when it started to pick things up, it it kind of it did pull me back in. Um, and, you know, there's fun stuff throughout, which, you know, dotted amongst a lot of the stuff that doesn't work. But I feel like we can touch on that yeah, as let's, we start let's to get go into through it. it. Yeah. We'll start up. 
Um, so in the opening sequence, uh, we got just like some random guy walking through an alley and there's a phone ringing. Um, sound, the ringer sounds all fucked up and he picks it up and then suddenly sparks fly and he lights on fire in the phone booth explodes and he's like thrown. Mm-hmm. So you're like, Oh, holy shit. Kind of a cool. It's kind of a cool opening. Yeah. It's a big explosion. There's some fun wire work. This guy goes flying like 25 feet. Yeah. Ass over tea kettle. But then you, after you watch the movie, you're like, wait, who is that guy? Yeah. This will connect <laughs> to nothing. What does that have to do with anything? Really? Yeah. Um, uh, then we go to a, uh, horror, mar- a continuous horror movie marathon at a, uh, movie theater for mm-hmm. $1.99. Pretty good. good and we deal. meet Spike and his dirtbag friends who are yeah. playing poker in the projection room. Mm-hmm. And there's some good uh, horror movie punks. Yeah. Like Return of the Living Dead style or like even like Repo Man kind of punks. In so much so that one of them's wearing a Return of the Living Dead shirt later in the movie. Yeah. Who's the lead punk? What is his name? Um oh I is it the is one, it the Marcus? one who has like it might be Marcus. It, it's the one with the, the bleach spot on the yeah, front of his I think it is Marcus. Hair. I think it is the guy from Back to the Future. Mm. And yes, I just like I thought that at times these guys were like th- there were there were bits and pieces of their stuff especially here in this projector room at the theater where i was like this is more interesting than just like a very run-of-the-mill kind of cookie cutter horror movie yeah um the way they're playing things especially this lead guy like the poker talk um kind of their like strange like i think that this guy in particular does a really good job of seeming like someone who is actually fucked up. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know what he's on, but he's definitely on something. And he's not just playing it like a hiccupy drunk. It's like, he's like, his brain is in a weird place. He's wired. Yeah. 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 So Spike ends up losing his motorcycle, which we learn is pretty important to his identity. And also his cousin Hoax's identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go home with Hoax, who's living with his mother. Uh, it's a you know it's a cat lady. She's a cat lady. Mm-hmm. There's plastic on the couches. Um, he gets in trouble for eating on the couches, and he's sitting there eating a candy bar, getting horny, <laughs> while reading a National Geographic of like a native lady again, like a, a a good note that that's you know it's amusing and yeah yeah. It's relatable. It's very relatable. <laughs> Often the only boobs you could see in your home pre-internet. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike is in his place, which we learn is next door. And he's reading a magazine and an advertisement, like one of those little cards that falls out of a magazine, falls out for 976 Evil. And it's a horror scope. Horror with two horrors. Mm-hmm. He calls. And it's out of the darkness and into the light. Push 666 for your horoscope now. And so he listens and it encourages him to like take risks or something. It gives him it gives him uh, some advice. And that's when we see Sp- Spike has a secret ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> he finally turns his head <laughs> to the side. Okay. I want to lodge an early complaint. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that this movie feels overly cheap most of the time. I think mm-hmm. it gets by fine. It's just like, yeah, be, be horror movie. This card with like your key prop 
in this yeah. movie should be like a fucking Fangoria magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go to the back and there's a big advertisement for 976 e- e- Evil. Mm-hmm. And instead it looks like it looks like a a flyer that would be stuck under your windshield wiper. Yeah, yeah, or like an invitation to a yeah, kid's birthday it's like a, party. It, yeah, it's a piece of printer paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks really amateurish. And immediately I was just like, wait, what? This is this is the titular thing in the movie. And you're introducing it with this, this like shitty little yeah kid's birthday party invitation. It rubbed me the wrong way, Eric. Yeah. And also, just while we're piling on, Spike's apartment looks very weird too Mm. it's like unfinished it just looks like a set i guess is my biggest yeah that's i think that's yeah like he has a dentist chair or something as like furniture (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, cool dude that is cool so then spike gets the idea to steal from his aunt so he steals like money from her like cookie jar but she catches him um i wrote that like everybody's pretty big especially Mm -hmm. the aunt she's big they feel like like rejects from a Lynch movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and especially her. Yeah, and and Stephen Jeffries hoax is big too, which would come as no surprise, I think, to people who saw Fright Night. Um, yeah, like I I like him most of the time. I think he's an interesting actor, but but mm-hmm. but reserved is not his uh, in his wheelhouse, you know. So it get, I got a little confused as to exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to go back and rewatch this section. So she catches him stealing. Yeah. They get into an argument. She's very religious. So she's mm-hmm. like, you're the spawn of Satan, basically. Right. And then they go into the backyard to argue. And it starts raining fish. Yeah. Like a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then that distracts her enough that he doesn't. he gets to keep the money. Right, I didn't miss it. Yeah, anything. no. Uh, but she's like, she wants a sign from God or something right, like that. Yes, and it starts raining fish, and she's distracted, and he gets the money. Yeah. So, have we seen Spike call? We have we seen him on the phone? So yes, yes. okay. He's called. He's called nine seven six evil. Yeah. So the way I read this was essentially, it, and it's very tortured. You have to do a lot of work for the movie to make it make sense. But it's basically like he's getting his wish. From the nine seven six evil hotline, gra- exactly granted by having this thing allow him to abscond with this money. Yes, yes, that's what I got. That's what I got from it as well. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, he goes back to his room and he calls the hotline back, and it says like, "When it rains, it pours." You're not in debt anymore, so it's like, okay, you got your money. Um, that's where we get the reveal that Spike communicates with Hoax sort of one-sided with it via pneumatic tube that runs from one house to another mm-hmm. and <laughs> hoax sends over a fish with a message in his mouth. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, so uh, at high school, um, Spike goes to pay off his debt or right. something. And hoax is in there in the bathroom, the grossest bathroom you've ever yeah. seen. I am almost positive I've seen this bathroom in another movie. It looked like well, I saw that one of them is in ni- is in class of nineteen ninety nine, uh-huh. and it reminded me of a bathroom from class of nineteen ninety nine. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it might be a different bathroom though, because yeah, it did look kind of familiar. Um, so hoax is getting a swirly, so we get that he is picked on at school. Um, 
he might be mentally challenged. It's hard to tell. He's kind of I, playing this gray area. Yeah, I don't think he. I think he's just a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, um, outside, Spike gets on his his cool ass motorcycle with his babe of a girlfriend, and then Hoax is like, "Hey, I'm just like you," and he rolls up on a Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, having a Vespa in high school, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And he crashes it into a a fence in front of Susie, the the babe. Um, On the street, then, we cut to the street. A woman finds an advertisement for the 976 evil advertisement in her pocket. And then she burns it. And then the telephone booth next to her starts to ring. And she picks it up. And it's like, I thought we had a deal. And she, she like, wants to be left alone. All the phones. She's in front of a phone store. Mm -hmm. The phones all start ringing there's some fun phones in there too there's like a clamshell phone a duck phone um and then suddenly the window glass gets blown out and she's killed by glass shrapnel so again you're like okay i'm sure this will tie in somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i wonder i mean are these things that were like added later i would suspect just to get the body count up a little higher Yeah, yeah yeah That makes sense. Because they are just so on unatta- I mean, the first one, he doesn't even talk to the hotline, does he? No, he just picks up a phone and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> At least this one connects her to 976 Evil, but that's yeah. it. That is as much as we will ever know about this woman and her um, situation. So then we meet Marty, who is posing as a reporter, but is a special... Uh, I almost said special investigator. <laughs> He works as a Jack Reacher. Yeah. He works, uh, um, what am I looking? What am I trying to say? A PI. A, a private PI. investigator. Yeah. Um, so he's at a diner across the street from this late night motorcycle mechanic that Spike <laughs> stops at. Um, and then me, before he goes in, Spike calls a hotline again. And it, it's like a real man has the nerves to take what he wants. And so he wants this pair of leather gloves from the repairman. Mm-hmm. And he's about to steal it. And he thinks better of it. And he puts him back. And then to like punish him mm-hmm. for not stealing a car, like a driverless car, uh, almost hits him. And Marty jumps in, jumps in and saves him at the last yeah. minute. A little confusing. We're like, who the fuck is this Marty guy? What is, what is he doing? Spoiler, that's never fully answered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is incredibly superfluous to the plot of this so movie. superfluous i think spike is superfluous to the plot yeah this guy is two degrees beyond that and then we get another character who's like marty's love interest who's <laughs> <laughs> even more simpler mm-hmm. superfluous um back at the house hoax is watching spike fuck <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. um and then after like after they're like you know buttoning up and stuff mm-hmm. he sends over a message uh, uh, with the pneumatic tube yeah and, guy, and spike has to be like oh, it's my cousin did He's you enjoy this. the sex scene eric i thought it was good yeah yeah it's fine did you yeah it was it was it was uh what one would hope to find in a film of this ilk yeah it was almost surprising because oftentimes in movies of this caliber you just don't even get anything mm-hmm. yeah. so it was a nice surprise <laughs> an unexpected hand job at the end of the night yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly 
Um, so Spike and I think her name is Susie. They go to uh, back to the movie theater, mm-hmm. and Spike, against her, much to her chagrin, gets sucked into another poker room, projector room poker game. Yeah, he blows her off pretty hard. Yeah, it sucks because she's a babe. I think yeah. she's cool. It's really stupid, especially because like they have a little bit of a talk after they have sex, and it it's very much like uh, maybe this is turning into something. Yeah, they. I feel like they have good chemistry in that scene too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he immediately blows it so he can fucking be a degenerate gambler. Yep. Sucks. <sighs> I wish I was there. I'd rescue her. <laughs> hey, but she does. She runs into hoax, which is basically me. Um, and she She's mad at Spike. Uh-huh. So, yeah, of course, she's like, when I get mad, I and then it cuts to her at the pizza parlor taking a bite of pizza. I go eat. It's a crazy cut. It and is. Th- now that I know the thing with the commercial editor, I'm like, yep, it's like. It completely breaks the fourth wall of the movie, essentially. Yeah. It's like that Simpsons scene where Marge, uh, she like is being seduced by it's like the Albert a, Brooks, a rich guy. The, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's... And it gets brought to the plane. Mm-hmm. And he like starts his line. He's like, would you like to take a trip? And then this is, I'm doing a bad job. Yeah. Then they're in the plane, in my plane. She's like, oh my God, you've been silent that whole time. <laughs> Which does like, so yeah, she was, she good. like, yeah, to yeah. wait for it. Yeah. Is um, that Lovitz? That's it might be Lovitz. Artie's I don't remember. Zip? Or... It might be Artie. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then, so uh, uh, she's making them laugh. They're kind of hitting it off in a weird way. And then the poker bullies come in. And it's revealed that Spike has. Oh wait, sorry, I missed this part. Yeah, Spike has taken her panties out of. Yeah, out of or uh, no, Hoax has taken her panties Hoax. out of Spike's bag. Yeah, after they finished Spike having sex, he went in and he was a goddamn panty sniffer. Yep, he's a panty sniffer. So she's all fucking freaked out by that. Yeah, understandably, home, that would be really uncomfortable. Oh, it'd be horrible. Yeah, um, he goes home. He had found the nine seven six evil flyer so he calls that he gets full-on immediately goes like into satanic mode yes. and makes a pentagram <laughs> out of candles he's an incel he gets red pilled real fast <laughs> really fast uh and he wants revenge so he conjures up a bunch of tarantulas in her yeah in her meal that she's making like a yeah a, a frozen meal mm-hmm. she just ate pizza yeah well she gets she, she eats when she gets angry she does yeah um yeah. Also, yeah, this is one of those things where you just kind of have to figure out on the fly. It's like, okay, I guess now he has mental powers. Yeah. <laughs> like, they can fly now? Yeah. They can fly now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so these tarantulas crawl all over her. And then he, like, voodoo dolls her by crushing his own pet spider, which he used to conjure them. And it crushes her body. Like, she's dead. It's a bummer. Yep. I was upset. Me too. I was like, oh, I thought she'd be there to the end. But no, she's killed pretty unceremoniously. Yeah. But good news, we're going to have movie. Marty's love interest. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Miss Martinez or something. She'll make it. To- yeah, I guess she's Hoax's teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get um, Hoax's mom gets mad when she sees the phone bill, much like your grandparents, I'm sure, were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takes the phone away. It turns out that Marty's a PI, which we know like what I already said. Um, and then... There's a scene between Spike and Hoax where Spike at school, where Spike like admits that he killed Susie. Yeah. A questionable Weird. choice. Yeah. 
I would probably keep that close to the chest. It's also interesting because it's like there's no confirmation. Like he, I mean, again, this is probably asking for too much like realism, but you know, he just imagined or like sort of mentally envisioned killing her. Yeah. And it's not like he goes and checks. So he's just like, I killed her. And it's like, yeah. th- that's a pretty, I, I think if I was in that situation, I would be like, wait, was that real? And then I would right. go find out. Yeah. There should be a scene, a much more interesting movie would be like, holy shit, it fucking worked. I can't believe that worked. Oh my God. I feel so guilty. Yeah. But now I have this power. Yeah. I feel like the standard script decision would be for him to just think it's um, a hallucination or mm-hmm. a fantasy and then confirm that it was actually real surprised later yeah um so then we get what might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie where marty goes to the call center mm-hmm. where that houses 976 evil yeah and uh we get a fun little glimpse of other hotlines that are in the building where it's like there's like a gambling one i think and right a sex hotline of course it's a pretty fun interaction between the sex hotline operator and marty yeah she kind of sexually threatens him <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then we meet Mark Dark, um, Robert Picardo. Put some respect on that name. Yeah, Mark Dark. I yeah. like this is something that had been pointed out that the detective does in Death Wish, the uh-huh. first one, where he just Picardo just chooses a character he has a character choice that he has a cold. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like snotty yeah, and he's like, got a little handkerchief the whole time. Yeah. It it works. It's really good. I think he does a good job. Yeah. Um, then we find out that nine seven six evil actually is automated, and it was like a fully automated thing, and it's mm-hmm. shut down. It's not even active right now. Yeah. So, who? What's going on? Um, there's a fun line. <laughs> He's like, I guess no one's interested in the underworld anymore. You know, just Ewoks and ET and football and phone sex. <laughs> football apparently coming up in the eighties. Um. So back at school, Hoax's body is starting to change and not in the fun puberty way. So fun. <laughs> so fun. He's got like a rash and his hair is starting to fall out. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the bullies, the poker bullies, go to the bathroom to snort some crank and they catch Hoax in there. Suddenly, Hoax grows claws and he slashes one of the bullies' faces. And then he scares the other one off by just like punching through a skateboard, mm. <laughs> which would fucking scare me. Yeah, yeah. Be fucked up. Then we get the subplot with Marty and the teacher. They're at like a diner talking. Yeah. And it cuts suddenly mid conversation, like almost mid sentence. It cuts so abruptly to the next scene where Marty goes back to the hotline to like, um, investigate. Yeah. Sneaks in when Mark dark isn't there. Yeah, and then Hoax is also calling the hotline, and he, he's like suddenly filled with blue light, and he full-on becomes a demon. He starts to turn into a demon. Mm-hmm. Marty picks up a phone and gets zapped by by like the hotline phone. Um, Hoax goes back to the poker game. And he and can produ- hear. Can't he hear yes, he can Hoax's hear. call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hoax goes to the poker room, the projection room for the poker game, <clears throat> and they're playing strip poker with the skinniest lady you've ever seen. <laughs> um, 
she's like wearing like a bandana as a bra. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like having no problem concealing mm-hmm. it's herself. It's working. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Hoax kills one of the punks named Rags and Jeff off camera. He rips mm. their hearts out. So I'll just, uh, just, just to mark time in the movie, really it's like this last scene before this when he goes back to Mark Dark's place and 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 intercepts the call this is when i started to get interested in the movie again and sure, i think sure. from here it picks up some speed and and i think is a little more satisfying yeah it turns into like a more tra- not traditional horror movie but it's like it picks up the speed it yeah puts a, mm-hmm. um so he rips their he ripped their hearts out he cuts off the hand of uh what's the guy's name marcus the guy the, marcus yeah uh, he goes up on the roof and impales a guy on a neon pitchfork, which is pretty fun. Then he goes home and he kills his mom. Um, Marty and the teacher arrive at the house. The house is like completely changed at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like shades of um, the Twilight Zone, like the Joe Dante segment. Yeah. yeah. Know? Or like the end of Exorcist 3, as I kept thinking of. Uh, the Exorcist, house is falling apart. Exorcist 2. 2. 2. Yeah, two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like it's very heightened. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Marty tries to climb up the trellis and he falls off the trellis <laughs> in like a really funny way. Um, Maria goes inside. That's the teacher. Of course, this super, ultra superfluous creature. Yeah. Creature. Yeah. Creature. She's in it. That's I don't, enchanting I do, creature. <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of this. I do not think women are creatures. <laughs> Um, so everything's covered in snow and hoax is calling to her from somewhere in the house. Uh, she goes into the bedroom. There's like some activity going on underneath a cover. Mm-hmm. She pulls it off. Hoax's mom has been eaten by her cats. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, also I noted, I don't have an example of this, but hoax is starting to do the Freddy Krueger thing where he's talking in puns and wordplay. When yeah. He, like when people turn evil in some of these movies, they start to become clever wordsmiths. Yeah. He's getting very um, sort of sarcastic. Yeah. And it's not scary. I don't know why villains do that. Was it scary when we were children? Maybe. I don't know. It's like you're in for a real treat or is it literally just probably more likely with robert england at the helm it's just like well this is what works for i think that's what nightmare on elm street so we're just gonna do this i think that's what it is um the house starts to collapse and that looks pretty cool and uh there's like it opens up the floor falls out and then there's, there's suddenly over like this icy abyss and hoax is in full on demon mode Spike arrives. He confronts him while Maria and Marty tried to climb from one uh, from one house to the other via the pneumatic tube. Yeah, and I want to say we these sequences now as the house is all fucked up and like them climbing and stuff. There's some a little silly, but honestly very charming. Um, I think they're it's it's like a little superimposed and matte painting stuff happening at the same time, mm-hmm. but like yeah. just like these really old school video effects, right? Or kind of um, you know on camera special effects 
Um, mm-hmm. And they don't look good, but they look but they're fun. It know? looks cool. I yeah. like the way it looks. Me too, for sure. Um, so then we're heading into the end. Spike, he tries to appeal to the hoax within the real sweet cousin within you. And I think at some point we all have to like really speak to the sweet cousin inside of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to take our, our motorcycle road trip, which mm-hmm. I should have said earlier is like spikes in his hoaxes, big dream. Yeah. He and they'll, they'll be like fucking, uh, uh, easy rider. Yeah. Go across country. Spike's been very withholding as a cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, Spike then throws him out of the window into hell. <laughs> I should have said, while they're while the pneumatic people are climbing on the pneumatic yeah. tube, an abyss opens under yeah. them and it's like in like it's it, it's hellish. Yeah, it's and like those fire. are like these are some of the really fun effects, and this is stuff where it's just like I just appreciate like this is it's entertaining at this point. The movie yeah. is taking bigger swings, there's weird stuff happening. The scale and scope of it has gotten way bigger all of a sudden. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I really dig this whole kind of last act of the movie. If I'm being honest, like, listening back to it now, I'm like, yeah, I actually did have a lot of fun with this stuff. Yeah, I, I had fun with it, too. Yeah. I, I agree. And then uh, we get the final scene back at HQ. Mark Dark is eating what can only be described as the crunchiest jelly donut I've ever seen. <laughs> he crunches when he bites it. <laughs> Then another call, another uh, call comes in, and we see he has a binder full of people's people's headshots, really. Yeah. And one of them is hoax, and mm-hmm. he, he flips that one over, and we see the next sucker coming in to call nine seven six evil. So it turns out he did know what was going on. Yeah, exactly. He's he's the devil. Yeah, Mark Dark himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about some deaths in this movie. Uh, relatively low body count, but we got a guy who gets electrocuted and then exploded in the phone booth. Mm-hmm. Woman gets killed by an exploding window. <clears throat> Susie gets killed when Hoax crushes her like a spider. Two of the bullies get their hearts ripped out off camera. Another gets his hand cut off, and then uh, he gets killed in the toilet stall. He impales a guy on a neon pitchfork. The mom gets her throat slashed with his claws. Her parrot gets killed. Um, a cat gets frozen, and then Hoax gets thrown out of the window into hell. Mike, what was your favorite death? What would you say was the the goriest? Was it the mother? Yeah, probably the mother. Yeah, that one. There's didn't... not a lot of gore in this movie. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate. You know, I don't know why you wouldn't just throw in a bunch of extra fake blood in a film. Yeah, like it this. makes everything look better. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the sequence the, with deaths in it that I enjoyed the most, I think is the, is the poker game. So yeah. even though those guys get killed off screen, when he comes back with the, with the beating hearts, which are very gory, that's fun. Yeah. And then chasing the other guy into the bathroom stall and ultimately kind of slashing him up. I think, I think that's probably the most satisfying so i will cheat as i often do and kind of lump those three there's one scene more or less um yeah i i was gonna say um for me it's the guy who gets impaled on the pitchfork i think that's pretty fun yeah um all right ghost thumbs up or down no 
<laughs> zombie thumbs up or down. Is this movie gory? We kind of just talked about it. No, I don't think this movie's gory. Not really. I mean, yeah, it's it's gory enough, I guess. I guess to get an R rating, but it seems pretty borderline. Yeah, it probably seems like the nudity was more of the R rating than the. Yeah, yeah. Um, zombie thumbs. No, ghost thumbs. Ghost down. thumbs up or down. We, we said we both said zombie thumbs down. By the way, that was our conclusion. yeah zombie thumbs down. Is this movie scary, Mike? Um, no, no, no. It's not. I agree. Thumbs down. Not scary. Oh no! What's wrong? We didn't come up with a scale. Oh shit! Oh no! Okay, wait. What did we just finish doing? VHS. VHS. I was gonna say. I was gonna pitch. Oh no! <laughs> I was gonna. Quick, we'll do it right now. Skip Here we go. it, rent it, or buy it. Like um, VHS, like a video store. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're only doing two. This is only two movies. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll, be okay. we'll be okay. But honestly, I think it's pretty elegant. You know, they don't all have to be hilarious. Yeah, they don't like have to be new sob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, how about keep it, jack off to it, or buy it? <laughs> no. Wait, keep it? <laughs> I mean, skip it. Skip it, jack off to it. <laughs> or buy it. No, <laughs> or buy it. Let's just do rent it. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. But if you guys are like, oh, I wish it was all gross, you can remember that that, yeah, you that can. <laughs> in the back of your head. Remember the times we had. Um, I'll go first. Uh, like I said at the top, I was hoping for a hidden gem here, and I didn't really fully deliver on that. Um, it, for as, all of my complaints about it, I'll say they're tempered in that like I mostly had fun watching this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't excruciating. There's some, you know, certainly frustrating things. It gets a little slow in the beginning and towards the middle. But once we're getting, getting into the action, I was like, okay, this is like just something I would throw on late night while yeah. I'm like ha- kind of half paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it gets the job done. Um, though I can't say I fully want to give this one a rent so i think i'm going to set to give this one a soft skip okay a soft skip yeah all right what about yourself um yeah i mean i think of like i've been pretty clear that i feel like it's it's maybe two-thirds maybe three-fifths of it is pretty um not so good and yeah. then the last two fifths, I actually it was exactly what I was hoping to get out of a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I was also going back and forth on like the rent, and I was thinking this to myself: I, Do I want to rent this movie? Do I want to skip this movie? That's why I was thinking earlier today. Um, you know, because I knew those terms that we were going to be doing. That yeah, we were yeah, be doing already. Of course, just fucking stone face this guy. <laughs> He's giving me absolutely nothing. <laughs> like staring at me like <laughs> like I'm on mute. Um anyways, sorry. Let me regroup here. <laughs> um but you know, the the thing is I was like also kind of thinking about what I was saying at the beginning of you know, we're just talking about movies we caught on Monster Vision and that sort of stuff and and you know, it's a little different now. 
that like you know joe bob for instance is on a streaming network so you have to choose to put on the last drive-in with joe bob briggs um but in the time when we would watch stuff that just came on late at night um i actually think that this ultimately would have been i probably would have come away from this with positive feelings because i'll tell you what i was probably playing some pc game while i was watching most (laughs) of those movies um even back then i my attention span was couldn't be held by just one activity at a time unless i was in a theater um but yeah i mean it is the kind of thing where you can kind of just like dick around through the first half of the movie half pay attention to what's going on and then when it kind of ramps things up it's like you get a fun satisfying ending um so I think I'm feeling slightly more generous. I'm right on the same border as you, but I'm going to land just on the other side and say that it's a very, very faint rent for me. Okay. Yeah, I respect that. Um, I certainly, you know, I don't feel great. I, f- I feel like I'm kicking a a, a, a wounded dog. A yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. You're being a pretty insensitive. I'm being kind of a dick. Yeah. The next one's called Astral Factor. <laughs> you think that's a pun? Wow. Uh, I will be doing another recap because there is no plot description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I looked Excellent. now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with our third and final segment. Okay, here we are, third and final segment. Mike, you've prepared something for us, haven't you? Barely. Naughty boy. Barely. Okay. (laughs) I prepared something in the way that someone might prepare frozen White Castle cheeseburgers. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty good, honestly. They are pretty good. That was what I had never been to a White Castle until I went to one in Las Vegas. With me. With you. I didn't need it, though. Yeah. Which one of our friends was too drunk to... Our friend Greg dropped... Oh, my God. So, here's a little backstory. This was the same weekend that a major rodeo event was happening. And we were staying in downtown Vegas, where this White Castle was. And it was Mm -hmm. fucking packed. And we all waited to go to the bathroom because we had to pee because we were drinking and on drugs. (laughs) 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 And... um, so we're wait. I'm like waiting in this massive line, yeah. And all these rodeo guys and women are in front of me. Finally, I pee. Bathroom was disgusting, really in bad shape. About what you would expect a, a White Castle in Las downtown Vegas Las Vegas. Yeah. Our friend comes back, is showing us something on his phone. Mm-hmm. Like t- we touched his phone. 
<laughs> and then later he's like, oh yeah, I dropped my, I dropped my phone in the bathroom at the White Castle, like on in the, the toilet. floor or in the toilet, no, in the toilet, in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what? He's like, yeah, I just like wiped it off, like, but and yeah. then handed it to you. Handed it to me. It's disgusting. Yeah. Mm. But anyways, what I was gonna say is that was the first time, and actually the only time I've ever had a live White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, only very mar- very much marginally better than Frozen White Castle. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of enjoy those things when I'm feeling gross. Yeah, totally. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, For those of you, again, going back to, to what Eric was saying at the beginning, you know, we wonder who our youngest audience members are. I kind of assume most people are within 10 years of us. Um, yeah, me too. So if you are... You probably know about 900 numbers, but uh, there's a chance you don't. And if you're younger than that, there's a very good chance you have no fucking clue what 976 evil really means. I I think it's pretty clearly a phone number, but there was a, a series of prefixes, 900 and 976 being amongst them, that for a very brief window of time uh, represented this whole industry Mm-hmm. of uh hotlines paid hotlines right um so interestingly enough it wasn't until 1987 that these really became a thing there were 900 numbers beforehand but the thing about it was that all of the all of the money was collected by the phone company mm. so you know they might have a 900 number for something but it it wasn't really until 1987 that they kind of created this commerce if you will where content providers for 900 numbers could get a cut of the profits and this whole thing just ballooned like crazy Mm. and by like a year later there were like half a million one 900 numbers that were all charging. Generally, the deal was you would charge like a dollar or two dollars for the first minute, and then a reduced cost. It'd be like two ninety nine for the first minute, ninety nine cents for each minute after that. Mm. And the big distinction here is this goes to your phone bill, right? Whereas, like, you could call one eight hundred number and you could call a sex chat line, but the way that works is you have to give them your credit card info. Right. 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 Um. 1-800 numbers, you don't get charged. 1-900-1976, you do. And it goes straight to your, at the time, landline phone bill, unless you were mm-hmm. Zach Morris. Um, but uh, Who famously had a huge cell phone. A huge phone. Um, so this kind of blows up in, 18, in 1987. And then by 1993, uh, the FCC... Basically, it was completely unregulated for like six years, and it was just the fucking wild, wild west. And you, oh, could, I bet it was fucking sick. You could do anything, right? <laughs> you just like you think of what think of a nine hundred number, think of a hotline, and it existed. Any mm-hmm. intellectual property that anyone ever found interesting, there was a way to call the speed racer hotline. Yeah, the speed racer hotline, right? Um, but like you know, and 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 uh. I was just going to finish saying it. So 93 is like FCC all, all of a sudden is like, Hey, we need to regulate this. And they basically said, you can't 
publicly post adult content. It has to be requested, which essentially killed that. Um, and then they basically said that you couldn't market anything to kids, which mm-hmm. killed so much of the business. Because as you'll hear uh, in some of these uh, ads we're going to listen to, this concept of like ask your parents for permission was a was a, an integral part of calling a 1-900 number because they had to at mm-hmm. least do the performative like you have to have an adult's consent to get mm-hmm. this charge. Um, there was a two Corys one, if I remember correctly. Uh, there was definitely a one Corey. There was a Corey Haim for sure had his own. I mm-hmm. can't either confirm nor deny that there was a two Corys hotline. But I believe you. Um, but anyways, um, movies were one of the many forms of pop culture that spawned numerous hotlines. And 976 Evil is, uh, you know, obviously... Not as much as I hoped it would be, but a riff on this kind of one nine hundred number. Um, so I thought we would just listen to a couple of TV ads for some of these hotlines that were popular between eighty seven and ninety and ninety three. And I think uh, if we remember, we'll throw these YouTube links in the show notes, and you guys can check them out yourselves if you want. Oh yeah, yeah. I can do that. Um, I don't want to leave this hanging. Mm-hmm. You could call Corey and Corey at one nine hundred nine zero nine thirty seven hundred. How many grown adults do you think we're doing? Oh, that? so many. <laughs> Two dollars for the first minute, forty five cents each additional minute. Yeah. Just think about it. You spent five. Especially knowing how those poor boys were like victimized by the. It's terror. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's frankly, awful. Yeah. Um. So let's listen to something a little more upbeat. So I figured we'd start with something familiar uh, because, believe it or not, 976 Evil did, in fact, have its own hotline. Hell yeah. All right, here we go. 976 Evil. See the terror in your local movie theater. Now hear the horror on your telephone. Dial this number for your horror scope. Eerie stories of horror and fright. Supernatural thrillers of evil in the night. The future was never so terrifying. Dial now. We dare you. <laughs> Two dollars the first minute, 45 cents each an additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. That's fun. Yeah, so like I was like we were talking about, this is an R-rated horror film, but like very yeah. directly addressed at children at the end where it's like totally call, just ask your parents for permission first. It makes sense that they would have made this, but it is really presumptuous about the success of what they thought this movie <laughs> yeah. was going to be. I also think one of the funniest things is it is not 976, it is a 1900 number. 1900, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, but it's fun uh, to get some get some clips from the movie. Yeah, it's basically like a little montagey trailer almost. So yes, yeah, uh, yeah. hey, it it would have made me interested not to call the phone line, but to maybe go see the movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so um, in addition to you know branded properties like uh, these movie based things, there was also just a really healthy, huge uh, selection of just straight horror hotlines Mm. um which is sort of a weird concept but you got to remember this is pre-internet so this is essentially entertainment 
right? Mm -hmm. If you are into a certain kind of niche thing, you can call this number and hear all sorts of content, you know, in the genre you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is one that I think was pretty popular that has a very funny number uh, that I'm going to play for you now. The night holds terror too horrible to be seen. From out of the shadows, something's coming. Do you think you're really safe? All alone in your nice, warm house? (laughs) Well, look outside. It's at your door. And it's coming to take you away on a journey into terror. Call now. $1.50 for the first minute. 35 cents each additional minute. All right. So sadly, they do not say the number... But it is one nine hundred six six zero ugly. <laughs> yeah, it that is an incredible one. Yeah. I will hopefully remember to post this in the show notes. Describe but to the I, people what you've just seen. It looks like a point and click adventure uh-huh. uh, style graphics mixed with the arcade, the really disturbing arcade shooter called Chiller. You know what game I'm no, talking I've about? No, I've never. I've heard of it, but I've never played it. Where you like shoot people who are being tortured and stuff is fucking weird. Whoa! But it, it it is that level of like animation. It looks like shit, but in a really <laughs> fun way. Yeah, yeah, and it does have kind of like a, you know, it's not straight animation. It is sort of like a clip arty kind of mm-hmm. like pre flash animation, um, which is pretty distinctive to that era. That one was from, uh, I believe, 1988. Um, next one. And so the other thing you'll remember is, you know, you've got uh, a lot of these are tie-ins to film releases, like 976 Evil, right? So if a movie happened to land uh, in this window of time, especially big franchises, then they would have a hotline. Um, and one of the ones that I caught that I, for some reason I was like, they must have a hotline for this guy. And it turns out that they do. So um, this is from 1990. Someone out there wants to talk to you. Hello? Chucky's back. Yes, he's back. Jim Child's place. If you'd like him to phone, you call 1-900-8601-DOLL. He'll take your number, play a game. Peekaboo! Then call me back later. Plus, you will find out how to see him at Spencer Gift Stores. Call Chucky now at one 9601 Then wait for your phone to ring. $2 for the first minute, $1 each additional minute. Wow. I like that one, too, because it has an extra digit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. They're going to get longer to where it's like <laughs> there are some where, you know, and I this drove me nuts when I was a kid. Because it's like, you know there's only going to be four digits at the end. Mm -hmm. So they'd have ones where it's like, I saw another one for Child's Play that was like, ended with Chucky. And I was like, that's that's just two superfluous numbers. Yeah, You're just going to be dialing after you're already getting a ringtone, like some (laughs) kind of fucking moron. But yeah, Child's Play 2. Do you think that there was like a a puppeteered doll at Spencer gifts, a puppeteered doll at Spencer. Cause they say oh, like, yeah, you, know, you find out how you can come see Chucky at Spencer gifts. 
Oh, maybe it was like a mall event or something. Yeah, that's what I think. But it's like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm wondering. I know they were, they did like a Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. um, one where it was like a mall tour. You think it's like a giant Chucky and it's like a little person <laughs> in a suit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be. Yeah. Oh, that'd be can you imagine how scary that would be? That would be terrifying. Full-size Chucky. Be like... Yeah. <laughs> mm, I really want to go into Tiptoes territory. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Eric just learned about the movie Tiptoes today. Tiptoes, yeah. Me. Look it up. Yeah. Look up the trailer. Just look up tip-toes. the trailer for Tiptoes. Don't look up anything else. Don't read anything about it. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, go yeah. watch the trailer for the movie Tiptoes. Shout out to Mookie Blakelock was the person who turned me on to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> This next one up uh, from another franchise. Uh, this is from 1988. One we have not covered yet, and perhaps we will get around to one day. They're not back because they never left. Only this time, they're in the telephone lines, and they want you. Amityville, the evil escapes. Call 1-900-909-EVIL. And in less than the blink of an eye, you'll be connected <laughs> one-on-one to your worst Nightmare. Call now. Under 18. Get permission before calling. Two dollars first minute. Forty-five cents each additional minute. Eat your heart out, Freddy. <laughs> now, Eat your heart out, Freddy. Yeah. So we'll come back to that. Um, but that's that's not a accidental um, challenge at the end there. Um, hold on. We get a, a little glimpse of from VHS 85 Rory's feeler tentacle. Yeah. In there, that monster had the same thing. <laughs> very, very similar. Yeah, and funny, th- so that trailer, that ad, had almost no live footage at all. No. Until the very end. <laughs> so you're just seeing these, like, static a- like static illustrations of Amityville-related stuff. Yeah, like a um, house. Yeah. A window. Yeah, and and just to be clear, I, I part of the reason I put that one in is because that one, not connected to a particular movie in the amityville series that Mm -hmm. one was just like hey we're farming for people interested in amityville because that was kind of in between two movies uh in the series i think amityville 4 and then amityville 92 um Mm. there's a lot of these fucking things dude that's one of the reasons why we've said we might never cover amityville because there's like 45 movies. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, is it's because it's a real thing that happened. You know, the copyright ownership is muddy, right? So you, yeah. there are probably things you can't say the Amityville horror, but you can certainly use the term Amityville. Now mm-hmm. there is just like a core series. And I feel like we could suss out what that is. Yeah. That, that would be one that we would, yeah. we would cover. Yeah. Well, let's keep on moving. Um, Okay, this next one, Eric, is just for you. Um, <laughs> I was with okay. <laughs> yep. Not for the reasons you think. So this is another generic um, ad for just a, a one nine hundred horror, um, but it uses footage from a movie. And Eric, I wonder if you can figure out what movie it is. If maniacs, zombies, aliens, monsters, and madmen are your line, then try this. Creep phone. Call 1-900-909-CREEP. Under 18, get permission before calling. $2 first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. 
Thoughts? Are those trolls? Those are trolls from the original troll. From Troll 1, yeah. From Troll 1. Uh, <laughs> they look ridiculous. They do. Um, that one I thought was pretty fun. And you thought I was going to make the easy joke that if people want to get in touch with Eric, you call 1-900-909-CREEP. Yep. <laughs> but I didn't because everybody already you knows didn't. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's written on every bathroom stall in the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 1-800 number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Here's another um, general one, but I got a kick out of this. This is a zombie line, uh, and I really like the personalization on this one. The foam zombies are very, very dead, but they're not in their graves, and they're not walking the night. They're in the phone line, and they've got your number! Want theirs? Dial 1-900-490-DEAD. Randomly selected callers get to talk to me live, in the flesh. When you reach me, you'll wish you never called. Only $2 a call. (laughs) That is unhinged. Yeah. Flat fee for that one. Just $2. Uh Certain lucky callers will be able to talk to him live. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the guy narrating this commercial. (laughs) And then what a privilege! Kind of poor advertising. Then immediately they'll wish they never called. It's like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, people sometimes go against their own interests. But um, so, what'd you have for dinner tonight? <laughs> I, I got a fucking. Repl- <laughs> I got to replace the alternator in my truck again. Ah, <laughs> oh, it sucks. When it rains, it pours. Am I right? <laughs> All right um we'll finish this up love you (laughs) (laughs) oh we'll wrap things up here with the undisputed king of horror hotlines there were not one not two but three different nightmare on elm street hotlines and that was why amityville was taking their shot at freddy krueger so robert england Coming into this movie, maybe he knew a thing or two about the old horror hotlines. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he saw fit not to include anything about it in the movie, because he thought everybody already knew as much <laughs> as he did. Um, but either way, here we go. one nine hundred eight six zero four fred You don't actually have to, to hit the D. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Fred's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Deadtime stories. So <laughs> dial this number now if you dare and prepare for a scare. All right, Freddy Krueger really has a special message just for you. <laughs> Plus, when you dial 1-900-8604-FRED, you can win in the Freddy's Dead Video Sweepstakes. Two grand prize winners each get a trip for two to Hollywood to attend the third annual Horror Hall of Fame award show. One first prize winner gets a real Freddy glove, just like in the movie, autographed by Robert England. Second prize, an official Freddy's Dead cast and crew jacket. And we'll have hundreds of runners-up who'll get Western Graphics Freddy posters, Impel's Freddy trading cards, Metal Blade's Freddy's Dead soundtrack, subscriptions to Fangoria Magazine, Innovation's Freddy's Dead comic books, or graphic novelization. So call today. We've saved the best for last. $2 per call, under 18. Get parents' permission. Touchstone only. Tell them Freddy sent you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Touchstone only. Um, <laughs> I didn't say uh, there was a period of time in my gym that mm-hmm. I go to where they were having a raffle and you could bid on uh, 
It was an auction, I guess. You uh-huh. could bid on different signed autographs. Yeah. One of them was Freddy Krueger by Robert England, and uh. I almost did, but it didn't. It's a good story, though. How about those prizes? Those are prizes were awesome. Yeah. If you if you lumped those all together, it would be like my dream Prices Right Showcase yeah. Showdown. Um, oh, man. That cast and crew jacket, how fucking cool would it be to have that now? Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Also, listening to that, I'm like, oh, the the soundtrack is so good. The score mm-hmm. to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. That theme. Mm-hmm. <sighs> One day we'll cover that. One day. One day. You guys have to bribe us into it. If you if you guys uh, here's my pledge. If you go out there, you you hit the streets, you do you you're our, you're the kill streak street team. If we double our our subs when we hit that mark, we'll do Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we'll end the podcast. Yeah. And our friendship. Oh. Well, then, let's get on this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that will do it for our one night or journey back to the late 80s, early 90s. I, I got to be honest, that's just really nice. <laughs> listening yeah. to all those ads it made I me a feel great time. it made me feel really warm and fuzzy me too i really had a good time um all right so next week we're doing 976 evil 2 uh this one doesn't have the astral factor yeah the astral factor it is on roku in freebie for free and then a rental on amazon or you can buy it for six ninety nine if you really want to. Ooh, that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Now, it's gonna be tempting. Now I know you guys all want to just preemptively blow this off and be like, "Wow, how bad is this movie gonna be?" And it may be terrible, but I do just want to point out it's directed by Jim Wynorski, who did the aforementioned Chopping Mall. Um, Ooh. So. He also worked, uh, he was a writer too. He wrote Beastmaster 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a reason to think that this could be entertaining for us. Uh, so we will see. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. And as always, I guess no one's interested in the underworld anymore. You know, just Ewoks and ET and football and phone sex. <laughs> <laughs>